We're recording. This is the Beyond Foster Care Podcast, brought to you by Journey House. I'm Dave C. Miller, here with David G. and my and Jesse here. Hello, everyone. Alrighty. Um, so, this, uh, we missed last week, just because there was a ton of stuff going on, and last week was just not a good week to record. So, coming back this week, I've had a lot to think about and a lot to obsess over. Um, you know, just artistically things that I'm working on. And I, I landed on a video of a sportscaster by the name of Colin Cowherd talking about what, what the difference between good and great and legendary in sports. And he talked about what makes people go from great to legendary or Mm -hmm. good to great. And he said that what it is, is obsessiveness. And the word obsessive in our society gets a bad rap. It has a very negative connotation to it just because people associate it with just insanity. Basically, you think about something <laughs> until it drives you insane. Yeah. Um, so I, being an obsessive person, it felt me like my brain works in an obsessive way. I, I found that kind of comforting to mm-hmm. hear that. Um, other people are noticing that that's what makes people great at what they do. Mm. Um, so I wanted to hear from you guys what seeing that you guys are accomplished in the field of social work and working with the foster system, you guys do a lot of good here through Journey House. What are some of the things that could make the experience better for foster youth if someone were to obsess over it or just put a little more thought into it? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually a, a, a really good, um, a really good idea to, to engage in because I'll say that when we started, you know, when we started with Beyond Foster Care, I would never have defined it as obsession, but yeah, like it sort of became a part of like my everyday, um, like, like the campaign was the first thing that I thought about when I woke up. So like when I woke up, the first thing that I would do was open my email on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, this was before, like, literally. Well, that obsessive effort is what brought the podcast to fruition, right? Yes. We're here now. So we got it done. So it, it, um, it is that. So I'll say um, what ends up happening, um, well, what happens too often, right, um, is that people lose that fire, that passion. Mm-hmm. Um especially because the nature of social work is so um it's it's you kind of i i get that you have to draw the lines between like personal responsibility and personal investment in foster work and social work um i know those lines can kind of get blurred sometimes but at least for me like i i would notice that like in group homes or in residential facilities that I would live in, like staff members that that put that extra thought into the experience that they were or into the experience that the children was having with them, those were the ones that kind of built a better life for the foster kids, for the mm-hmm. residents at the place. So it would be things like, you know, we come in and of course everyone knows it's homework time. But it's like the the staff member that's gonna think to let me check and double check all these kids' homework, make sure they get it done, make sure they're um they're actually putting thought into their work 
and not just scribbling some stuff down on a paper to turn in. Yeah. You know, it's like, but you could tell the difference between those staff and the staff just, just kind of stuck to the bare minimums. Yeah. And you could tell that um, it really, you could tell which, which clients were benefiting from that, you know, extra push and that extra passion that the staff kind of put into them. And you could tell the kids that, that just kind of had like the staff that didn't care. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it, it, just anything, you know, let me, let me, st- um, let me make sure I, I, I meet this deadline to, to file this, uh, to file for this grant or to let me turn in these reports so that, you know, um, the services aren't slowed down for the clients and things like that. You know, it's, it's just that, the, that kind of obsessive thought. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'll say this much too. Um, um, that I know some people who are in social work, um, who grind day and night, um, and go way beyond what their quote unquote responsibility duties and responsibilities are, mm-hmm. um, to make sure that, um, people are getting the help that they need, that people are being treated with the respect and the dignity that they deserve and, uh, have opportunities, right. To be able to live a different life. Um, and there's a lot of people and 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 um being involved in the policy work has helped me has introduced me to a different world of people who I never knew were advocating changing systems creating opportunities and then how much work and time and energy um it really takes out of you to be able to engage in in in, in this dialogue um about improving the system and so um you know, with that being said, um, we also have to recognize that we all have different personalities. Mm-hmm. Every, every individual is their own personality with their own background, their own set of uh, life experiences. And one thing that I've learned that's really transformed the way that I, you know, not just navigate the workspace, but all relationships in general is to uh, like really understand and and know and carry with me that there are universal truths, right? Like we all experience laughter, we mm-hmm. all experience love, some some form or another. Laughter, love, pain—that's all. Like, love. All, those are so, all. So, so with that, we all carry uh, different experiences in our bags, and so, um. You know, and you couple that with people's natural um, state, right? Like, you got some people that are just, like, mellow. You got some people that are introverts. You got some people that have high energy 24-7. And so, um, I've thought about that question a lot. Like, what what if everybody that we're surrounded by is... Go 120% yeah. 24 7, mm-hmm. right? Obsessive. Mm-hmm. It'd be overwhelming. I mean, there has to be a balance, right? At least for me, that's how I've come to understand, like. But that that that's why I said not, like, you wouldn't obsess over everything that you come across in social work. But I'm saying there are some things that would benefit from a little extra thought or a little extra effort. Oh, absolutely. Like the education system. Um, or the way that foster youth are educated, things like that. Um, yeah. 
I, yeah, for sure. And then it's to that point. So I think one area um, that that needs a lot of attention is like what happens with foster youth in high school, because of what happens in high school determines what's going to happen with you when you turn eighteen. Mm-hmm. Like what college you're going to be admitted to, not just that, but like what college courses you're going to have, how much time you're going to spend in college. Um, I think the overall. Or if you get arrested for a drug offense, then you lose financial aid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the overall high school experience would benefit from being reformatted. I think, aside from the the educational part of high school, I think the high school experience is supposed to teach you how to navigate a life before you actually have to. Because right after you leave high school, that's when you, you're expected to have to navigate a life. You're expe- uh, and I don't think that the high school experience today is doing so. Because most people know that when they leave high school, they're, go- they're going to college anyway. So they don't have their lives together by the time they leave high school. Mm-hmm. But for all those people who, don't, aren't, who are not necessarily even going to college, and high school didn't give them any other benefit besides preparing them for college. High school did nothing for them. You mm-hmm. spent four years preparing you for college. I didn't even go to college. What did I spend four years here for? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just uh, just independent working. I think uh, high school is, is something that high school is supposed to help you with, but it doesn't. Um, you know. It's just uh, I I wouldn't have all the answers to, and I w- I wasn't expecting to end up on this subject, or I would have looked up information on it. Yeah. But uh, that there's a lot of reforming that the the high school experience could benefit from some as obsessive thought, yeah. the things that people like thinking about it obsessively enough to actually do something about it. Yeah. That's and that's that's what makes but that's they, what that's... takes obsessive people far when they obsess enough when they're Thoughts are obsessive enough to get them to actually do I want, something. I, I want to, I want, I, and I'm glad you touched on that because um, that obs- obsessive behavior is really a personality trait. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it does. You don't have to be obsessive to do something meaningful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and in fact, I've been in many workspaces, different scenarios. And I watch people who come in the room and say, go hard or go home. Mm. And I have always been opposed to that. Um, because to me, if you're not the go hard personality, then you shouldn't be here. Mm. And to me, that just seems In, in social work or just in general? In, in social work. Um, like if you don't have the, okay, if you don't have the, it, it takes a or, certain build. Or I've even like the more extreme example that I have, and you know this this represents a very small portion, but one of the of of advocates is one one of the extreme ones that I heard is like, you know, are you willing to die for me? And you know, like in in this in this movement, like, <laughs> are you willing to die for me? And and you know. The the you right answer right. is to say, of course I'm willing to die for you, comrade. Blah blah blah, right? Um, 
But the truth is, it's like, no, like, I'll die for my children. I'll die for my family. Like, I, they depend on me. You know what I mean? Um, and this movement also depends on me. And they're, granted that, you know, that th there's a, th this movement depends on all of us. But, you know, to the extent that you'll say, like, um, if if I can't keep up with you, then I should step out of the way. It To me, it just seems, it just seems like it's backwards. Um, because part of the larger movement is that we're building people up. And does the mentality of, like, can you keep up with me on this treadmill that's going 100 miles an hour? And if you can't, then you can't get on this treadmill. You, you're going to fall off. Then you fall off. And so, to me, I've seen, and trust me, um, I, 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 the obsessive behavior, and I'll say that to the point that you are making earlier, like about the greatness, um, some of the greats in the work that I've seen do have that obsessive personality. Um, and there are people who, you know, on their way to get, you know, Nobel Peace Prizes, right? Mm -hmm. um, well, that, that, that is a good place to end this conversation and because speaking of sports um the the person that colin cowherd was talking about was lebron james right and how he pays attention to detail on the basketball court and how that ends up benefiting them um yeah well i was about to i'm about to get into that because speaking of lebron i wanted to i wanted us to talk about this school the i promise school that he's opening Be because that to me I is don't know the, anything about that is the benefit of obsessive thought because there's so much about the school that's going to be successful that goes beyond the just academic curriculum which I'm sure is going to be great but you think you like just listing off the benefits of the school they Provide transportation to students that uh, live over two miles away. They uh, they give for the people who live within the two miles. They give them bikes. Uh, yeah, they give them free food. Um, they give them Chromebooks to do their work. Like they're updating their like they're updating their education system. And then um, they provide housing to uh, people who are living under the poverty line, um, whose children are going to that school. And they provide jobs to to the parents of the students of the school. They, they go to Akron University. Yep. Yep. And so all of that, to me, is obsessive thought. It's like someone sat somewhere and thought, what would be all of the things that would help these impoverished students with their education? And they ended up at their their family life needs to be improved because at at least for me i ended up in foster the process of me ending up in foster care started with my school they noticed i was falling asleep every day so he's not sleeping at home they would notice i had all these high test scores but wouldn't do a lick of homework so they really there's no academic presence at home no one's checking his homework no one's doing this so like and you know um, from there, after that, I got into counseling, and it was decided that I needed to be separated from my family. What this school does is it's remedying all of the things that lead to people being taken into foster care. Uh, you know, hunger, the poverty line, where they live. Is that like an that. explicit thing, or you mean like indirectly? No, I 
Like, is, I, I don't is think that, like, that's not, one of the goals of the school? That no, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'm just saying when I personally think about the benefits of what they're promising people at the school, all of this stuff remedies, it gives people the strength, it gives families the strength to stay together instead of having to be separated. Like, look at the reasons why people get taken into foster care. They're living, they're living under the poverty line. The parents can't provide for them. They got evicted. They're living on the streets. These, like, this... This school takes the students who are in that situation, keeps them together, and gives them, you know, housing, jobs, things like that. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it's it's, you're it's talking strengthening about, you're the family. Foster care from a poverty perspective, right? Like it's alleviating issues of poverty. It, and yeah, you're saying that absolutely. that is what causes foster care to exist. Yeah, it gives them. It, it gives the. Um, it gives families the resources that they need to function as families instead of having to be separated from each other. Mm. That's interesting. I, like, imagine if I like, for me, I won't, I won't put this on anyone else, but for me, if right before I got taken from my grandma's house, I went to a school that said, "Okay, we're going to take care of him at school. We're going to give you a job, so now you can pay for your house. You don't have to. You have a house to pay for." Or even if you don't have the house, we're going to give you a house. And now your kids have a safe place to do their homework. I wouldn't have needed to be separated from my family if I was a student out of I Promise School. See what I'm saying? So it's not it's not for foster youth, but I'm saying it's a school that we. if you look at the benefits of it and think about the benefits of it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to alleviate the need for a foster system. Like, you're going to see the – I don't know what the statistics of the foster care system in Akron or Ohio are, but once you start – once this school has been around for five, ten years, I promise you, you're going to see a drop in the foster care system, in the population of the foster care system in the Akron area. That will be interesting to see. Uh, I want someone to look at the just the amount of people in foster care right now in Akron, Ohio. Check the amount in five years, it's going to drop. I promise you it's going to drop. Yeah. Once once people want, like, because these kids aren't going to need to get taken away from their families. Their, their families are being strengthened. Mm hmm Yeah, it would be interesting to see too, like if we could do like a, and the podcast wouldn't be the place for it, but really to think about it from an an, an analytical standpoint, um, like really what, I, when I think about solutions, I think, are we thinking about solutions for a small percentage of people or are we thinking about solutions for the larger percentage? Like, right, like, so what is, what is more important, the problems of a few or the problems of a many? Um, and so when I think about, I think you, you help who you can. So it, it's not some big worldwide thing, or maybe it will grow. To well, when you say that it's going to like, that this school is going to end uh, foster care as we know it. No, no, it's not going to end it. I'm saying it's going to, it's going it to create will. a drop it because will. it's remedying the situations that lead to people getting taken into foster care. And that's exactly what I'm saying. There's so many, like to, to me, um, at least in my experience, I've seen that the, the biggest contributors to the foster care system, and, you know, we're in Los Angeles, so 
Um, one is mental health. Mm-hmm. I think I saw one. something about like ther- family and therapy counseling. Um, then I the other one um is substance abuse. Mm. Um, and oh um um physical or sexual abuse. Mm. So if you look at those are the three main contributors of foster care, mental health. Um. How, and and those are the complex and I think why uh, foster care is constantly under so much criticism is because it's such a complex pool of different issues that create that create the foster care system. It's not just so much you know that people can't afford to pay for food. Um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, right. I, like like it's 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 a lot. It, it like when you look at mental health, right? Um, um, some people's parents just literally cannot function. So, um, how can you, in, in, in a scenario for the thousands and thousands of kids who are born, unfortunately born to parents who are medically unfit to care for them, how are you going to say strengthen that family? Um, right. Like how are you, like if, if, if the parent has a mental disability, um, sure you can give treatment to help the disability. Mm -hmm. Um, but in terms of changing the household atmosphere to make it so that a child can still depend on their parent would be really hard. Yeah. Sec- that, no, I'm not one, saying the school does that. I'm so saying. the second one, the second one, well, I, and I'm just providing more thought, right? Like that, like when we're talking about alleviating issues that feed the foster care system. And I think it'd be really cool. I'm, I would assume that LeBron James, uh, I don't know much about it. You know, I don't follow a lot of the mainstream um, media news stuff that's happening. Um, LeBron James coming to LA, I know it's a big thing. Um, but, um, you know, I'm sure that his, that he would have a team of researchers and, 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 and a think tank of people who are like, let's see the impact of our work. Um, and, you know, kudos to him and the long list of celebrities that have been you know, working to create community solutions and stuff. Um, I wish, I wish LA's superstars, uh, you know, a bit would would do stuff like that. Like Magic Johnson, though Magic Johnson does a lot. Like their foundation gives a lot of money. But it, I say that to say, um, then when you look at um, like physical and sexual abuse, mm-hmm. um. Again, I don't think a school is going to help much with that. But whether they're giving them a house, a food meal, transportation, etc., right? Like, you if you do something malice with a child like that, yeah, no, the, the, I, I wasn't going there. I'm just so saying, like, I, wh- when you get into like the socioeconomic reasons, part of the conversation, yeah, for sure, for sure. That that's that's the that's the part that I'm like mental health and substance abuse. That's a that's a deeper conversation that's not going to be helped with the school with the presence of the school but um well it'll i i think for sure it's gonna alleviate um incarceration issues mm-hmm. because poverty like people commit crime out of need to survive yeah, absolutely for sure people commit crimes because they're hungry People commit crimes because they can't pay their electricity. Like, you know what I mean? People sell dope to keep a roof over their head. Or a lot of people turn to dope because they can't. They, Cope they with need to escape the fact that they're about to get evicted. My kids are hungry. I or that have... they've been evicted so many times. Yeah. And so, like, 
you know, you'll I, I think you'll see you'll start to see a, a, a bit of a drop in those things as well, maybe yeah. in the acting area. That'll be interesting to to take a look at that. Yeah. So I I just wanted to um, mention that because it it I was I was moved in a big way uh, when I started to obsess over all the benefits that the school would give um, to people. But like I said, that's the benefit of obsessive thought. I'm a I'm not I'm gonna I'm gonna build the school and I'm gonna. I'm going to invest in all of the things around the school that would make a school successful. Mm-hmm. So that's all I've got for this week. What do you guys going? What do you guys have going on this weekend? Um, we've you know we've been uh, still um, trying to um, keep up with all of the policy work and stuff that we've been doing um, and moving into the uh, direction of. The implementation of, of of our legislative efforts. All right, uh, I was th- I was asking more about like what you guys are doing this weekend. Oh, oh, this weekend. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have any plans this weekend actually. Um, this this or last week. Oh, um, yeah, I've tried. To, I've gotten back into uh, my rutina. <laughs> For all the homies out there that know what the deal is. <laughs> A hundred and twenty. So for for the folks that don't know, um, yeah, I've basically been doing my own sort of workout regimen um, oh. that includes like burpees and arm curls. Um, burpees, what are those? Burpees. It's like a jump, squat, and push up. Jump, squat, push up. Jump, squat, push up. Oh, okay. Uh, so up down. Yeah, or like yeah, like up downs. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. This weekend, ugh, just writing. I, I, I'm gonna. Um, I think I've done as much brainstorming and pre-writing as I could for the screenplay that I'm writing. I think I'm just gonna. I'm gonna finally. It's again, like it's the scariest part, but I just I gotta just bite it off and get it done, which is writing out the full script for my screenplay. That uh, that's what I'm gonna start committing to. So well, that's pretty. All right, that's what I've got. Yeah. So uh, talking about writing. Um, we had a theater play meeting ourselves here at Journey House, and we are already uh, de- we've already developed the acts, um, and now we are doing the individual pieces. Six characters, one main character, and then basically, essentially, three acts. Okay, I, um, I know you guys can't give away like what the what the. It's gonna be it's gonna be dope. Um, I can't give away what it's about. But. Well, I'll say this: um, it's 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 very different from the theater um, art pieces that we've been to. Um, Julio, who's running the the who's basically the head of the theater play, um, it's been doing a really fantastic job at um, getting us a partnership, ongoing partnership with the Pasadena Playhouse. Um, shout out to the Pasadena Playhouse. They've been blessing us with uh, tickets to attend uh, their theater plays. To, do we have tickets to anything? I, like think, right now? I think there is going to be tickets. Oh, that's right. We actually just got invited by uh, one of our supporters, the Pritzker's Foundation, um, to, to join um, a sort of mental health awareness uh, week with the L.A. Spark. So, um, so that is actually going to be going out pretty soon. Um, 
but um I think it's really really revolutionary um uh what what Julio has been putting together with this theater play because it's an opportunity to reclaim our narrative um yeah. and do it in a way where we're having fun um where we're telling the you know the heartfelt drama of you know and the truth of what happens uh when you are taken out of your family and put into a system um and then really like what you know what happens right um and um and putting it on stage um and it's going to be pretty cool i'm really excited yeah so it'll be it'll be pretty cool um we're going to have another writing session uh in two weeks um so any former foster youth that are interested in being a part of this you're welcome to join us Alrighty. Well, that's all we've got. I'm Daisy Miller. Hey, and this is Jesse. This is Beyond Foster Care. See you guys next week.